Good morning. Great to see people, eh? Sometimes we, uh, I'm a people person, so I love seeing people. Uh, I don't like to preach to just a camera with nobody in the room. It seems like there's nobody there to listen to you. We have everybody's attention on Sunday morning when they show up. I'd like to start by reading a scripture, and then I'm going to just pray and then get into the message. And in 1 Kings it says, And it happened after a while that the brook dried up because there was no rain in the land. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your presence we feel here this morning. Lord, we just thank you for your name that's above every name and the power that's in your name. Lord, that you're still alive and well and strong. And Lord, our hope and our trust in these times. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, I want to speak about when the brook dries up. And uh, I've been thinking about a lot of things the last uh, few weeks and through the pandemic and how things are going and listening to a lot of prophetic words and non-prophetic words and uh, <laughs> trying to weigh it all out. And uh, I wanted to talk about dry times, droughts, uh, what happens in, in the dry times. And we probably realize we've had a little bit of a dry spell here. Probably everybody here's lawn is burnt except those that water it. Mine as dry as can be. We've all been through that. And, uh, you know, dry times, uh, they do certain things to us in life. And uh, I want to talk about, I want to talk about a drought and what happens in the drought and the blessings that come through the drought. And I want to work through 1 Kings 17, I think, uh, there's some things that I, when I was reading in there and I was allowing the Lord to speak to me, I thought would kind of go along with where we're at in life uh, with the pandemic and the rioting and everything that's going on. And I'll just read the first verse of 17. It says, And Elijah the Tishabite, of the, an inhabitant of Gilead, said to Ahab, as the Lord God of Israel lives before whom I stand, there shall be no dew nor rain in these years except at my word. So I want to back up just a little bit because you're probably saying, well, why would Elijah say that? Why would he proclaim that over the earth uh, at that point in time? Well, Ahab was a was the king at the time, and he was a very wicked king. His wife was Jezebel, and I don't know if you've ever read up on her and heard much about her, but she was a very wicked lady herself. And she manipulated her husband, and they uh, decided not to worship Yahweh and convinced her husband that Baal was the way to make this idol and to worship this idol called Baal, this god. And she had wiped out almost all the god's prophets. That tells you how wicked this lady was. To want to have them all put to death and their families. 
So at this point in time, Israel was really in a mess. Hear me through this. There's maybe a little bit of bad in the beginning, but it'll get good at the end. (laughs) Sometimes we have to take a little bit of the bad to get the good in life. But when I looked at that and I seen the evil that was taking place and how the the society was was being uh, operated at that time and how they are worshiping idols and, and things, you see, that's why Elijah stood up, anointed man of God, and said, okay, judgment's going to come to you. Here's what's going to happen. There's going to be no rain in this land, no heavy dews, nothing, because what's going on until I say so. He made a declaration over a country, over a nation. And I believe that's the reason why the drought started. That's the reason why the drought started. You can look at our, our, our earth right now and what's going on. I really think God is getting our attention because of the sin that's taking place, the wickedness that's in the world right now. And if you remember, I preached uh, a couple weeks ago on prayer and I used the scripture, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves, pray, seek my face, and here's the key. Turn from their what? Wicked ways. Now maybe we don't want to hear that. But if we want to see a turnaround in our nation and we see the the rioting, we see COVID, we see uh, uh, financial uh, uproar, we see political uprest, and it seems like it's growing more and more every day. I think God's trying to say something to us. Like he said to Israel through Elijah. I think he's trying to get our attention. You see, in Galatians, it says in 5.19.21, it says, The acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immoralities, impurities, debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft, hate, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, Selfish ambitions, dissensions, fractions, and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. And I warn you, it says, he says, and I warn you, as I did before, that those who like, live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. When I, I don't mean to be hard this morning, but I think we need to hear this every once in a while. I think we're in the state we're in because of the sin in our world. We're not hearing about sin. We're hearing about the grace of God, and God has great grace, but he's also a God of judgment. We're not all going to be standing around holding hands, singing kumbaya together. He says sin. And that's why we are where we're at. He's trying to get our attention. He says if we will turn from our wicked ways. We're in a drought situation in the world I believe because of the sin that's in our life. And when you read that, you can walk down through that scripture and and we can all look at our lives and say, well, maybe I got a little bit of that in me. Maybe I got a little bit of idolatry in us. What's our idols? I think our nation is very 
uh, strong in worshiping your idols. And you say, well, I don't have one formed. You know, I don't have this uh, idol made, Baal. But maybe it's your money. Maybe, maybe your idol is how you look. Maybe you spend too much time adorning yourself, posting face, uh, selfies on uh, Facebook. You'll see that. You'll see people that just constantly putting pictures of themselves. That's saying something. And in this it says selfish ambitions, hatred, discord, drunkenness. You see, there's sin. And sin brings consequences. And sin brings judgment. And God is a God of judgment. He's getting our attention. You see, we see it in our, in our church. We see it outside the church. We see people getting uh, divorced over and over again. And they're trading wives and husbands like they're trading cars. Well, that's not what the Bible says. Amen? Boy, she's getting quiet now. <laughs> you gotta love me. I'm just preaching the word. I'm telling you, there's gonna be some good come with the bad. But sometimes we need to hear things to keep us convicted. You see, if we don't hear the rights and wrongs, we don't have any personal conviction. We do anything. And we see it in the church. We see it outside the church. We see every type of living. We flick the TV on and what do we see? You know, when I was a kid, I grew up in a, in a real strict denomination and we weren't allowed to have TVs. And I thought that was insane, right? I was a kid and we couldn't have a TV. And he, the preacher would preach hellfire and brimstone on the TV and, you know, I thought, this guy's right off his rocker. You know, what's wrong with uh, the Carol Burnett show and Gunsmoke and Bonanza and, you know, all the good ones that were on at those times. But then as I get older, and now I, I flick the TV on, you know, and everywhere you go, it's sin. Somebody's living with somebody. Somebody's marrying somebody that they shouldn't be marrying. Right? Somebody's trying to take advantage of somebody else. It seems like it's got poisoned in us. It's like it's a, it's a, it's, it's like it's a way to plant sin thoughts in our life. And I can remember my grandfather, Pastor Ken's dad, he would say, well, they give him a hard time, but he would say, there's an on and an off switch. I never forgot that as a little kid. He always said that. Sometimes it's pretty hard to control that switch though, eh? Sometimes we, sometimes we, we can't control that ourselves. And I've heard lots of prophecies and prophetic words and they're talking about how uh, this fall things could get worse. And uh, I've heard, I've listened to both ends of the spectrum. But I do believe that things... In the Bible, it says in the last days, things are going to wax worse and worse. So things are going to get worse and worse. But we do have a hope. Because our hope's in Jesus. But 
in the story, I got to get back to it. See how much time I got to have you out before the Baptist. <laughs> it's, a, it's a private joke for me. It, it, it really means something. Um, no, no reflection on the Baptist. My wife has a Baptist background. But, <laughs> but I'm going to go to verse 2 and it says, And the word of the Lord came to him and said, Get away from here and turn eastward, word, and hide by the brook Cherubim, which flows into the Jordan. And it will be that you, will, you shall have drink from the brook, and I have commanded the ravens to feed you there. I'm just going to stop for a minute. God told Elijah, he said, okay, I, you need to get out of here right now. He says, go to the brook Cherubim. A drought's hit the land. And I, I did a little research this week on droughts, and I looked at a lot of pictures. And this drought lasted apparently for almost three and a half years. And if, and if you look at ground that, that you've tried to grow, and I had some farming background, um, pretty tough to grow when there's a drought. Just for a summer, not for three years. Nothing grows. The ground's hard and it cracks and you couldn't grow anything. And they, they went through that for three and a half years. I'm not saying we're going to go through this pandemic for three and a half years or this upheaval in our economy, but we could. We could until God gets our attention. Maybe it hasn't passed because we're still not committed enough to him. Maybe we're not committed enough to our relationship with him. It seems like when things go from bad to worse, that's when we get on our knees and we pray and we seek his face and we examine ourselves and we repent. But God, God tells Elijah to go to the brook Cherubim. And, and he says, it doesn't matter that there's a drought going on. I'm going to feed you day and night. So see, we're starting to get to the better part now. You can all start to like me again. He, get, they, he gets there and every day, Every day, God drops bread and meat through a raven. Now, to me, I, I don't know if there's a big difference between a raven and a crow. Is there much difference? But it's about the same thing. Are they? Okay. Every day, he was fed by the brook. And... In our life, we may be feeling like we're in this dry area in our life. We're in this country. We're in this city and things are maybe not financially good for you or health-wise good for you or family-wise good for you. But he'll feed you in the midst of a drought. Here's the key. God looks after his own people. If we'll just humble ourselves, like the Bible says, if we'll just humble ourselves and we'll seek his face, we'll turn from our wicked ways, he'll look after us. That's the word of the Lord this morning for you. That no matter how bad things get, how they look bleak here, God will provide. And he calls his place. He called Elijah to that brook. Listen to where God's going to call you. Because where he calls you, he'll look after you. Sometimes we, we get our own thoughts and our own minds. You know, I think of Jonah. 
He was called to go to Nineveh, but he did his own thing, and it didn't work out super well for him because he, he got in the natural. I think about Samson, and he did his own thing. And the Spirit of the Lord, it says, left him. And he didn't know it. And that day he went out and he tried to take on the Philistines. And the Spirit of the Lord left him. God help us if we stray from his callings and his wills for our life. Keep in the flow. Keep in what God wants you to do in your life. Everyone here is called to some form of ministry or some form of calling to do for God. Just fulfill what God has placed before you. And so at a period of time we're here, he's being fed by the brook. He's eating well every day. And he gets up one morning and the brook is dry. Now that must have really shocked him. Um, I've seen a, a, a dry brook before. Uh, we used to have a, a brook that run right beside the house uh, when I used to have the farm. And the odd time, it would dry up in the summer if it was a dry summer. And then it would begin to flow again in the winter. But I, I know what that's like to look out there every day. You see the brook flowing and then it just ends. But here's the thing. We may be in life and we might think, oh, something's ended. God's not doing it again. He's, he's removed things. We're, we, he's not doing it again. But what happened? The Lord spoke to him again. And he said to him, um, and I'm going to read this when I find it here. It says, so after the brook went dry, it says, so he arose and went to Zarephath. And when he came to the gate of the city, indeed, a, a widow was gathering sticks and called to her and said, please bring a little water in a cup that I may drink. And she, sa and, and she was going to get it. And he called to her and said, please bring me a morsel of bread in your hand. And she said, as the Lord your God lives, I do not have bread, only a handful of flour in the bin and a little oil in the jar. And see, I am gathering a couple sticks that I may go and prepare it for my son and myself that we may eat and die. And Elijah said to her, do not fear. Go and do as you have said. Make a small cake for me first. And bring it to me, and afterwards, make a small one for yourself and your son. For thus says the Lord God of Israel, that the bin of flour will not be used up, nor the jar of oil run dry until the day of the Lord sends rain on the earth. Wow. In the midst of a drought, the river dries up. God tells them to, to leave there. And he, and he tells him to go to another place. And God starts to perform another miracle. Right after he did several miracles. You see, those miracles he was doing was one after another. Sometimes we don't realize that. He was feeding them every day bread and meat. Bread 
and meat, bread and meat. It wasn't a one-time thing. It was a consistent flow. And then when it dried up, he moved them to another place and began to feed them again. You see, God will use what's left in your life and make a way and a blessing. You see, all she had left was just a little handful of flour and oil. There was nothing left. He used the most unlikely source to provide a supernatural miracle. There might have only been a half a cup of flour or a cup of flour. And this woman was a widow woman and she had nothing to offer. You see, sometimes our miracles, our blessings come from places we just can't see it coming. Right? He takes and uses people that you can't think could be used. He uses the unlikely people. She would have been the most unlikely person to be ever used was this widow woman. She was poor. She had enough to make one meal and then she was planning on dying. Her and her son. But see, God will take the little bit that's left and make something great out of it in your life. He can take anything and turn it into greatness. All he needs is you to give him that little bit. And she was willing to just Give up that little bit first. And that's when the blessing came. When she put God first, miracles continued to happen. And, and they just kept making that bread every day. I'm a bread maker. I got bread waiting for me to cook when I get home. I got up early this morning. See, he'll take that little bit and make something great in your life, folks. Even in this pandemic, even in the rioting and everything that's going on, and it doesn't look like things are going to change, and it doesn't look like things are going to get better. It doesn't matter if things get worse. He'll still keep making a way where there seems to be no way. We sang about him today, the way maker, promise keeper, Light in the darkness. My God, that is who he is. You see, if my people will turn from their wicked ways and seek the God of gods, the only true God, Jehovah, we'll see a great outpouring in our life that we've never seen before. I just want to make one more point before I close this off. how he just keeps doing miracles. So he was doing miracles and they were eating the bread every day. And then all of a sudden the lady's son dies. Wow. Like sometimes we can't figure God out, can we? We think we can. He's providing for us. He's doing miracles. And then the thing that means the most to us dies. And that lady's son died. But here's to show you that God is still on the throne. Even in the midst of death, Jesus is still on the throne. You see, it's all about Jesus, He's still the miracle worker.
And it says that Elijah picked the boy up, took him to his room, and laid him down. And he prayed over him. And life came back into that child. Folks, we need to be more like Elijah. We all here need to be a little bit more like Elijah. We can all be an Elijah. It's, it's not segregated to one person. But I'm telling you, when we get on our knees and we get committed to God and we seek his face and we get close to him and we allow the anointing of God to work in us and the power of God to work in us, we can say to the mountains, be thou removed. That was what Elijah was. He was one that spoke to mountains. He was the one that commanded the rain to stop. He commanded life back in that child. Because he was full of God's presence. He was walking in God's anointed. Today, are you committed to Christ today? He's looking for that. That's why he's causing a spiritual awakeness in our country, in our nation, in our world. He wants people to be like Elijah, that walk in the anointing and the power of God. He wants us to be like Jesus. And say to the sick, be healed. Say to those that are captive, be set free in the name of Jesus. That's what he's looking for from us. He's wanting us to excel in the dry places, not to hide, not to be scared, not to allow fear to overtake us, but stand up in the power and the anointing of God and walk forward. You see, like that song says, he's the light in darkness. We need to be the light to the world right now. I really believe that, that the church should be the light to the world, not running and hiding, not, not finding a place to hide, but be, in the light, be the light to the world. People are searching for the answers. It's time to get on our soapbox and begin to preach that Jesus is, is God and that there's only one way to heaven and it's through Jesus. And that he can meet every need and he can take you through every trial and get you through every dry point in your life and meet every need. Folks, I'm telling you, if you haven't got your feet planted on him the next few years, you're going to get plowed over. This is the time to plant your feet on Jesus, the solid rock. Because if you don't, you're going to get plowed down by the things of the enemy. Let's all stand. I challenge you today to look at your life and look at the things that may be holding you back, your struggles. Maybe the sins you're dealing with. But I'm telling you folks, if we repent today, He'll heal our land. He'll heal our heart. He'll heal our life. If we can just humble ourselves. And I know that's difficult. But we have to do it. Let's just bow our heads. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for your goodness and your mercy, Lord. Today we humble ourselves before you, Lord, and, and, and we acknowledge that we may have sins in our life or struggles in our life that we are having a, a challenge to overcome, Lord. And today, as, as this body of people and those that are watching, 
Lord, if we will humble ourselves, we, we humble ourselves to you and we ask for forgiveness, Lord, that you would heal our land. Lord, may you forgive us of our, of our lying, our cheating, our stealing, our sexual immoralities, uh, our hatreds, Lord. May you uh, come into our heart and, and fill us fresh and anew. May you wipe clean some of these struggles, these thorns in our flesh that we have to deal with, Lord. I pray that our nation will turn to God in the name of Jesus. I pray that our people will turn to prayer, Lord. I pray that this week they will take 30 minutes, like Pastor Ken said, and pray every day and seek his face. If we want to see you change our world, Lord, we need to pray. Lord, I pray that that will be our heart. Lord, I pray that you'll continue to minister to us in dry times and, and feed us when we don't have sources. But we know that you're the source. We trust in you. We have our faith in you. And we commit to you today. Lord, we declare these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. We speak a blessing. Jesus name. Amen. Well, you may be dismissed now. I think they're going to take you out. Hope you still love me. <laughs> Thank you, Bonnie. <laughs> Blessings.